Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we hear in our gospel today about the harvest being plentiful, but the laborers being few. Please convict our hearts that you desire us to serve and not be served, to follow the narrow path, and to make disciples for the sake of your kingdom. Please inspire this community to move, to spread the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with all we meet. We ask all of this through the intercession of Our Lady as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So last weekend in our gospel, we heard a difficult task of our Lord telling us, keep your hand to the plow and don't look back. Keep your hand to the plow and don't look back, because if we keep our eyes focused like Jesus did towards Jerusalem, for us it's towards the crucified Christ, he brings order to our lives. So before we can go forward into this week's gospel, the question is, did you do anything this past week to keep your hand to the plow to spread the good news of Jesus? Did you do anything this past week to spread the good news of Jesus? Our lives are so short, and for some of us, we're getting to realize that either we've had loved ones pass away or we're seeing our loved ones come close to that point. And a lot of us, we have to begin to move forward And I want to introduce to you the saint to my left, to your right, Saint Therese, to maybe help you understand how short our lives truly are. We only get one shot at this. And Jesus Jesus talks about in our gospel reading today, saying the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I think sometimes the reason why we don't go out and and, and spread the gospel is maybe because we we just don't know Jesus. We never met him heart to heart or eyeball to eyeball. We just never have encountered him. Or maybe we just don't know our role. Maybe you think, oh, that's Deacon Andy's job. He can spread the gospel. That's Father Matt's job or Father Zach's job. But not me. Or maybe we have bought into the lie that, hey, I'm a good person. Everyone goes to heaven. No problem there. Check that box. Or maybe we don't see the urgency of Jesus. We don't see the urgency of our culture with the depression rates, with the suicide rates, with just the lack of the gospel being spread and seeing how dark it's kind of making our world. But as we look at St. Therese, a little bit about her life is she was born in France and she's called St. Therese the Little Flower or St. Therese of the Face of Jesus or St. Therese of Lisieux, which is where she's from in France. But a few things about her life is she teaches us how to follow Jesus. And one thing that she does so well is she says... Her little way is to do the littlest thing with the greatest amount of love. To do the littlest thing with the greatest amount of love. That sounds manageable. That sounds like something I can do. That sounds like something that you and I can do to spread this good news. Because in our gospel reading today, Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand for you. And if we look at how short our lives, we have to have a little fire under our butts to spread the good news. We have to go back to our encounters. We have to know our why. Why are we here? Why do we do what we do? And we got to start asking big questions. We got to start moving forward and keeping our hand to the plow. But also, as we heard in our gospel today, the 72 were sent out two by two, and that 72 to this day are, are you and I. It's us. Jesus is commissioning you and I 
to go out and spread the good news. But start little, because if you can't do a little thing well, you're definitely not going to be able to do a good thing well. Amen? All right, I'm making sure you're awake. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit here. And we have to. And the question I want to pierce your hearts with today is, I want you to ask deeply, in 10 years, will this church be open? This physical church here. In 10 years, will this church be open? Because we're not growing. In the past two years of me being here, I thought for sure we'd have a lot more life, a lot more things, people coming in, but we're not growing. I thought there'd be more people coming forward asking to serve, but it's just, it's just not happening. And if we don't grow in 10 years, St. Mary Highs and two, St. Wenceslas two, the question we have to ask, why is the church here? If it's just to come on Sunday and receive my vitamin Jesus, but never go out and spread the good news, we are missing something dramatically. Because Jesus says again, the kingdom of God is at hand for you. Maybe you're thinking, well, no one ever showed me how to spread the good news. Well, it's always look at the lives of our saints. It's always look at the lives of our saints and thinking, what's the littlest thing you can do this week to spread the good news of Jesus? Because people need to know, we all need to know that our lives have purpose. We all need to know that we can be forgiven. We can get a fresh start. We can start over. We have a God who loves us. And he shows us that love on the cross. Arms open to welcome you, not to judge you. Hands nailed in obedience. Head bowed in humility. And he's looking at each of us to say, are you going to allow my church to close? Are you going to allow this physical building to, to close? Or are you going to start putting some skin in the game and making action, taking action, because when Deacon Andy says, go forth and announce the gospel of the Lord, or go forth, the Mass has ended, he's not just talking to me. <laughs> he's talking to all of us as the priest leads you out of here to go share the good news with people. All of us know somebody who struggled with the drugs, or who's gone through a divorce, or whose marriage is struggling, or who's addicted to something or is depressed, and the good news is that Jesus Christ can save you from that. That's what he came to do. That's why God sent his only son, to get humanity back. To get us back, not just each day, but forever. Because he would rather spend eternity with you than without you. So what did your week look like? What did you do this past week to spread the gospel? So many opportunities. It doesn't always have to be by words. It can be by actions. It can be by your prayer life. And if you're doing good things, I want to say keep it up. If you're not, I'm, I'm inviting you to get some skin in the game. This past week, every Tuesday, we always have Alpha. And Alpha is an opportunity for those people who have never encountered Jesus or need to re-encounter the person of Jesus. And this past week, we had off because it was 4th of July. So a few of us on the Alpha leadership team, we went to Game On on Edison Street, the bar, that new bar that was just remodeled. And we're just kind of sitting there and as we were playing beanbag. We're just kind of throwing it back and forth. And just playing, watching the Brewer game, doing something simple, just relaxing. After five weeks of Alpha, we were a little bit, just wanted to have some community. And then I got a little bit bored, and I, there's this rafter above. And I thought, well, what if I can get my beanbag through the top of that rafter and then get it to land on the, ta or the, the table? Well, I threw it and kept getting hit by the beam, but then I threw it one time and it got stuck. 
And I wonder how many of us, we are spiritually like that beanbag. We're just sitting there. But then somebody had the courage, a simple act of kindness, a small act of kindness. He went and got me a chair. And I got a pool stick and I had to knock that thing off to get it down. But I would not have been able to do it by myself. But a small act of love can move all of us forward towards making disciples, towards spreading the gospel instead of moving back or doing nothing. Last thing I want to preach about today is just a few invitations for us this week. And some of you have already done this, but one thing, we have these traditions in the church, and a lot of our traditions in the church, since Vatican II, we just kind of thrown the baby out with the bathwater, and sometimes we wonder why no people are coming. That's because of this richness of our faith that no one's able, been able to taste and then see. One rich thing that I've, I really always found beautiful that was never kind of like pressed upon me at Mass or at, from the church was the beauty of house blessings. Now we have our church family here, and that's great, but what does your faith life look like at your house? If a, maybe you have some struggles in there, and it's, it was always a normal thing to have your house blessed by a priest. And it, one of the invitations I want to give you is you can call me or Father Matt, and we'll come bless your house. And we consecrate it to the sacred heart of Jesus so you can make that a place where you can keep your hand to the plow, where you can spread the good news to make that, that soil of your family cultivate vocations, to cultivate pure, holy children, to be protected from the evil one. Because if we're not filling our houses with prayer, what are we filling them with? If we're not filling our houses with prayer, what are we filling them with? So we have to fill them with prayer. And it's always fun. I don't, it's not like it's, it's crazy, like I'm there as a dictator or anything like that, but it's fun. One of the kids, I'll always give them holy salt. We, we sprinkle blessed salt around the house. We do a litany of saints. One of the kids will be able to carry holy water, and we sprinkle it all over the house. We, and we, we, we consecrate the house to the sacred heart of Jesus so that the fire of his love may always run supreme and the family gets to say a family prayer together and consecrate that house to Jesus. So if you haven't done that, that's one invitation I want to encourage you to do. It's a little thing that makes a really big difference. So you can move forward to make acts of love, acts to change the world, to help people come to, help people come to know the love of Jesus. The second invitation I have for a lot of us is to pray for vocations. This is a primary text when it says... The harvest is bountiful, but the laborers are few. And often people ask me, well, where are the priests? Where are the priests? Well, the question is, we have to look at ourselves. And I want to encourage you this day to make a habit every day at Mass, every time you receive communion, to go back to your pews. And there's a prayer on the back of your heritage missal called the prayer for vocations. And pray that prayer. And the strange thing about that prayer is that the first words of that prayer are, Lord of the harvest. I guarantee you this church will stay open for many more years than 10 if we have more men going to the seminary and being ordained priests. We're blessed enough to have one of my classmates, Father Adam Bradley, ordained, and he came from this parish. And the bishop always tells me, there's tons of vocations in Anago. Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? So we have to pray for them. We have to beg for them. Prayers is what gets a man through seminary and helps him hear the voice of Jesus, to forget about the ways of the world like St. Paul said. He said, I am crucified 
to the ways of the world. I live for Christ alone. And he has to say no to the ways of the world and to do something supernatural by giving up marriage and children to help you all come to know Jesus, to receive the Eucharist, to hear your confessions, to bury your loved ones. And with the traditions, one, one tradition I want to show you is a tradition that was introduced to me when I was in seminary. And these things I just never heard of. When I heard about it, my first reaction was anger. Because I was like, why did never, no one ever tell me about that? How come no one ever told me about how amazing the Catholic faith is? Especially what a gift it is to be called to be a priest. And my dad was the first person who ever asked me to be a priest. We were driving to baseball practice. I've told you before that he's coached baseball for the past 24 years, varsity baseball. And we're there my junior year, and he just said, you'd make a good priest. And in my head, I didn't know much about the faith. I didn't really know anything about the faith. But in my head, I thought, well, I'm not balding. I don't have white hair. And my wife hasn't died yet, so why would I want to be a priest? I'm 17, right? So I didn't know. But he, was to he told me that it's the husband's job to encourage his sons to pray about being a priest. It's the husband's job. It's his duty to encourage his son to answer the call to the priesthood. Well, the question will be why. And then there, I want to give you two reasons why. In the traditions of the church, and some of these traditions are coming back because when we abandon them, nobody wants to be a priest. Nobody wants to lay their lives down. And one of the traditions of the church, there is, there is at, at the ordination of a priest, his hands are consecrated. And the bishop takes chrism oil and he changes, pretty much changes through his prayers, the priest's hands into Jesus' hands. That's how he can confect the Eucharist. That's how he can forgive sins in confession. So in essence, the priest's hands are no longer his own. And after the Mass, after that's done, a lot of people will go up to the priest's hands and kiss his hands because they're kissing the hands of Jesus. But when his hands are consecrated in that Mass, there is a towel called a manaturgium. This is not a manaturgium, but it's pretty similar. But his hands are wrapped in that. And after his first Mass, so the next day the priest will do a Mass of Thanksgiving, and he'll thank people, he'll tell them how much he's grateful for them, sacrificing for them. But there's two people who obviously sacrifice more than anyone, which would be mom and dad, right? So he'll take that manaturgium and he'll put it in a nice box and he'll give it to his mother. And he'll say, thank you for your sacrifice to allow me to go to seminary, to help me hear the voice of Jesus, to know this love. But our lives are short, which I started with. Her hands will be wrapped in that manaturgium when she's in the casket. So when she meets Jesus, she can say to him, My son, too, participated in your priesthood, Jesus. My son, too, participated in your priesthood, Jesus. My particular manaturgium was cut from the cloth of my mother's wedding dress. And on one end, it had her wedding anniversary on the other end has when I was ordained a priest. To know that it takes a healthy marriage, it takes strong families to promote vocations to the priesthood. So it's a manaturgium. It's a beautiful tradition. The other one is when a priest gets ordained, he gets confessional stoles. This is a stole I would wear if I was in confession. I'd wear it like, like this. I always carry one on me. But the first confession I heard automatically 
blessed the confessional stole. And when my dad dies, or any priest's dad passes from this life to the next, his hands will be wrapped in the confessional stole. So when I took my confessional stole and gave it to my dad, you know, gave him a big hug, say thank you for what you've done for me. When he dies, his hands will be wrapped in the confessional stole to say, Jesus, my son too participated in your priesthood and in the forgiveness of sins. These are beautiful traditions that we have in our church and we have to come to know that the harvest is plentiful right now. And we need more men to answer the call to the priesthood. So I want to encourage you to, to when you receive communion today and for the rest of your life, instead of watching people receive communion, instead of, God forbid, leaving early, I know, I've been there too, we have conversions, we have to pray and say, Lord, I'm a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Because St. Therese again asks us, what is the smallest thing you can do with the greatest amount of love? What is the smallest thing you can do with the greatest amount of love? And I hope it's pray. I hope the smallest thing we can do is pray and sanctify the day throughout the, world, throughout the day, throughout the week, so we can look back and not be like that beanbag just sitting on that beam, but we can help others to push them forward by doing a small act just by sometimes just simply pushing a chair under their feet. Last thing, I can talk about this, and I've talked about my conversion story in the past and how I was going one way and now I'm going another, but my parents are here. They're sitting in the pew, so if you want to ask them what it was like to have a son go through seminary, or if you want to ask them which direction I was going, because I'm, I'm not lying, I was going a bad way, but prayer is powerful, conversions are real, I always go back to that moment of when I encountered Jesus. And I thank God that we have that culture of invitation to, to move forward. So where are you guys? There they are. Kind of, can you just raise your hands? So there they are. You can see them after Mass. Please talk to them. Welcome them to our family. Let them know what we're up to here. But let us do our best to make sure that in the next 10 years, we're moving on the upswing to keep this place open, to promote vocations, to know that our God is so full of love. And we have to go out of here spreading that good news. Because the kingdom of God is at hand for you.